Welcome to the Highland Church Podcast, where we share biblical teaching to glorify God and to bless you. This year, we're talking about my part, God's plan. God has a purpose for you, and that purpose is a part of God's bigger plan for the world. Now, if you connect with what you hear today, I hope you'll join us online Sundays at 10 a.m., or that you'll join us on-site right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, let's jump into today's teaching, and don't forget, you're part of God's Good morning, church. In John 8, Jesus is speaking about his identity and his capacity, his abilities that are unlike anybody else's. And he says about himself, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed, he says. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Before we, we dive into that passage, let me give you just a couple updates, three quick updates. And that's because our special contribution, our Life-Giving Sunday is coming up on May 15th, and that's when we support mission partners in Memphis and around the world. You all have given well above and beyond our goal in the last few of these. And so I just want to share some quick updates about that and then ask for prayer, and we'll begin in a time of prayer, especially about two of those things that are really important. The first is that Oikos, the church that we planted in East Memphis a few months ago, celebrated their first baptism last night. Okay. Last night. Praise God for that. Yeah, that's huge. That church plant was made possible by your gifts above and beyond our goals. That's what made that possible. Secondly, we support a Bible college in Papua New Guinea, and Jab and Becky Mesa are the directors of that. Their son, Abraham is one of the instructors there. He teaches Bible there. And two weeks ago, he's about 40 years old. He has three girls. Two weeks ago, he had what they believed was a stroke, young guy. Turns out he has a very rare disease. The medicine for that disease is not in Papua New Guinea. You know where it was? Laboner Children's Hospital is where it was. And so I want to thank Gerald Jerkins, who managed to obtain that medication and then shipped it to Papua New Guinea. It's on its way there right now. We believe this is going to be life-saving medication for Abraham. And I also want to thank you because rare diseases have rare medicines that are very expensive. And so we could not have bought that medicine and sent it had you not given as generously as you have. And so that's an investment in the future of this school and, and in this young man and Bible teacher's life. So thank you for that. And then thirdly, um, one of our missionaries, we have two missionaries that serve in Ukraine. I've been updating you every couple weeks on them. One of them is out of Ukraine, currently in Slovakia with his family. Tomorrow he's asked for the prayers of the Highland Church because he's got to drive about 11 hours back into Ukraine, about an hour west of Kiev to get some documents for his kids. Uh, that he has to have. <clears throat> so he's asked that we would be praying for him tomorrow. So would you add him to your list and pray for him tomorrow? And can we pray as we begin this one? God, I praise you for what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. I praise you for your body that's here in this place, that's joining us, watching right now online from around the world that by your power, we are one in Christ Jesus. 
God, in that oneness and that power, would you continue to work in us to do your mighty work around the world? I'm thankful, God. I celebrate, God, with the angels in heaven for what you're doing at Oikos Church in this new life in Christ this week. God, I'm thankful for the tremendous work in Papua New Guinea, for the many churches planted across that island. And I pray, God, a special prayer for Abraham Mesa. God, I pray that this medicine would get there. Don't let it be lost, Lord. And God, I pray for our missionaries in Ukraine. I pray for the one who's still there, not far from Kiev, serving every day. I pray for the one who's traveling into the heart of conflict tomorrow. Would you be a shield about them, Lord? Would you protect them? And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. All right, here's the uh, interactive part of the sermon. You get, to, you get a part this morning. You didn't even know you were going to get a part. You get a part this morning. All right. I want you to, to turn over to the person next to you. Turn to the side, okay? And I want you to remember what you imagined your life would be like when you were younger. What were you going to be when you grew up? I want you to tell the person next to you, this is what I was going to be when I grew up. Just tell, I want to hear, just tell the person next to you. Take 30 seconds to do this. Tell them. If you don't know them, that's okay. 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 This is why I can't let y'all participate all the time. Okay, here's here's my follow-up question. You don't have to answer this one. How did that turn out? How'd that turn out for you? Um... I was going to be a secret agent. That's why I did my seventh grade project on on what you're going to be when you grow up, secret agent. And uh, I, I went into ministry. But the thing about it is, you don't know if I'm a secret agent or not. It's the thing about secret agents. I mean, <clears throat> ministers only work on Sundays, so it leaves a lot of time for espionage. You don't know. Yeah, how many of you, you know, your life turned out exactly like you imagined it was going to turn out? Probably none of us. Probably none of us. In some ways, life is so much better than we could have imagined. And you think about your family and the sweetness and blessings of those family, or maybe something in your career that's just, oh, this is such a perfect fit and secret agent wasn't actually the thing for me or whatever, you know, like maybe it turned out better than you imagined in some ways. But probably for all of us, there are things that we carry, things that have happened to us in this life, been done to us, or things that we have done that we never thought possible. Wounds, traumas, griefs, addictions. Like none of us, none of us when we're five years old sitting on our bed thinking about the future or thinking to ourselves, I can't wait for those. But they come, don't they? All of us have them. I was talking to a friend years ago. His friend is, I mean, just from the outside looking in, you would think he's got everything together. We finally sit down for lunch. He begins opening up and he says, Eric, you know that I've had to drink myself to sleep for the last three years. He says, at this point, a drink's the only thing that takes the edge off. He didn't plan for that when he was little, did he? And none of us expect those things. 
I'm going to share a little bit this morning about this new ministry at Highland called Freedom Prayer, but really I want to talk more broadly about how it is that the sun sets us free. But I'm going to draw a little bit on this book. It's called Freedom Tools, and it's kind of the textbook that guides our freedom prayer ministry. And again, I'll say more about that in just a moment. But this is one of the things that he said. This paragraph stuck out to me. I thought I had to share. He says, we want a life that's good and noble and exciting and glorious. But we sometimes experience the kind that is darkly deflated, befouled by nagging moral failure, marked by a sense of harassment, emotional constraint, lonely abandonment, painful regret, and gnawing hopelessness. He says that's the kind of fate that seems to be a pandemic today. He's saying, you know, like COVID-19, not the first pandemic. And my experience bears this out. The, the people that we think have it all together often are carrying these burdens inside. This turmoil, they just can't shake. I think that's one of the reasons that God's word is so important to me, so important to this life, to the life of this church. It's because that we believe God's word speaks into our lives. Let me show you this in Proverbs. I mean, tell me if you've ever seen a passage that is more true than this. Look at this, Proverbs 18, 14. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? Like, I mean, sickness is tough, and you can survive that. You know, seeing somebody who's hurting around you, Tough, you can survive that, but when something's crushing you inside, it's really hard, isn't it? Right. I'm going to share a little bit this morning from uh, this book I'm reading to my kids at night, Nazius Lewis. The book is called The Little Pilgrim's Progress. The Little Pilgrim's Progress. You may remember The Pilgrim's Progress, which is the John Bunyan classic about this man on a, a journey to the Lord, a man named Christian. Well, The Little Pilgrim's Progress is like that, just illustrated and better. Okay. And um, in The Little Pilgrim's Progress, all the characters are squirrels and rabbits and owls and stuff like that. And we're reading it every night. And so Little Pilgrim's Progress tells the story of Christian. When Christian's really young, he's a little rabbit. When Christian's really young, his mom dies. And because of that, Christian is just overwhelmed with grief, sorrow. Because of that grief and sorrow, he makes decisions he's not proud of. And in his little town, strangers come from out of town regularly, and they gather him and the other kids up, and they tell these kids about this other place. It's called the Celestial City. And in the Celestial City, there's a good king who can remove your burdens. And so Christian wants to go there, and all of his friends tell him, there's no celestial city, there's no such thing as the good king, but Christian believes him. And he sets off one day, this is a picture of Christian, you'll see it behind me, he sets off one day, and he's got a friend with him, and he says to his friend, I must go to the king, because I have this, this burden to carry, and, and no one but he can take it from me. Where's your burden? Asked his friend, well, it's on my back. And it feels so heavy that it makes me too tired to play. And his friend looked very serious. I think you must be ill, 
little Christian, if you fancy such things, because you haven't any burden on your back. Ah, said the little rabbit, you cannot see it, but I feel that it is there, and I shall always be tired until it's gone. And don't, like, children's stories tell it the best. And don't you get that? Carrying around this burden that nobody else sees, but it weighs you down every day. You know what that's like? So the good news is not only, you know, Christians feels like he's got to go to the king. The good news of Scripture is actually that the king comes to us. That the king and his great desire to free us from the burdens of life would come from heaven to us. That's the story. Let me show you just a couple of those passages that kind of invite us into that story. One of those is in Luke 4. Jesus is at the beginning of his ministry, and he says, this is what my ministry is about. This is why I've been sent. He says, he, the Lord, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. He says, that's why I've come. Now, if you read through the Gospels, you'll know that Jesus doesn't orchestrate a bunch of prison breaks in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's some of that in Acts. So Jesus isn't opposed to busting somebody out of prison, but he is not talking about jail. He's talking about those other kinds of burdens. Jesus says there's a problem, though. He has come to do this great thing, but there is this other power in the world, John 10, 10. This is what he says. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, to ruin your life. He says, well, I've come that they, you, may have life and have it to the full. Think about what he's saying there in relation to this vision of burdens. To the extent that you carry those burdens on your back, Satan is at work. And his desire is to free you from those. Look at this. This is what we read in 1 John. He, Jesus, appeared that he might take away our sins. The reason the Son of God appeared was what? To destroy the devil's work in our lives. That's why he comes. And so then we read this in Romans 5. He, how much more, sorry, will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? He's saying through the work of Jesus to remove those burdens from you, The end of that is that life stops dominating you all the time and you move into this position of joy and freedom and abundance in life. Has that happened for you? Are you experiencing that? I think what often happens for us is that we get stuck in the past. Are you with me? Things happen to us in our lives, traumas, wounds, mistakes that we made, sins that we get entangled in, and we get stuck in those. 
the, the Freedom Prayer curriculum, it talks about four areas where we primarily get stuck, and they use Luke 15. I might preach through this sometime, but in Luke 15, there are a number of parables. One of those is the parable of the lost coin. It's this little coin that this woman loses. It's not the coin's fault it's lost. It's the woman's fault that the coin is lost, and yet the coin is lost. And some of us feel like that. Things that are done to us, we have these wounds in our heart. And it doesn't matter how much time passes, that wound is still there. You know what I'm talking about? And there's the parable of the uh, lost sheep. Remember this parable of the one that goes missing, just kind of wanders off? You know the thing about sheep? He didn't mean to wander off. It wasn't like, I'm going to get out of here. No, he wanders off and he gets tangled up and the shepherd has to go and find him. I mean, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people who never thought it would come to that and they wake up one day and this is what's become of their life and they can't shake it. I think about the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. You have this son who decides willfully to leave the father and enter a life of sin. Sometimes we make the decision to do it. But then on the other hand, you have the older brother who doesn't think that his brother deserves grace. Sometimes we're locked in these ungodly beliefs. So all these things we carry with us, there are these burdens on our backpack that we have with us all the time. And I love one of the things that he shares in this book, Andy Reese is his name, one of the things he shares, he says he's got this friend who always tells him that God has this unreasonable and consistent habit of coming to us from our destiny and not from our history. You want me to say that again? He says that God has this consistent habit of coming to us from our destiny, not from our history, not the place where we're stuck. Let me give you an example. I think about the disciples. They're fishermen, poor fishermen. You got a tax collector in there, a couple others. But he comes to these poor fishermen and he calls them forward and says what? I will make you to become fishers of men. He calls them into a different life. History is out. Destiny in him. Or I think about the woman that's caught at the well or at the well. There's a woman caught in adultery, then there's the woman at the well. So the woman at the well is a woman who's had multiple relationships, been married many times, currently living with a man who's not her husband, she's entangled in these relationships. She didn't plan to get into them. She is tangled up in them. And he comes to her and he says, oh, you, you are going to worship the Father. Calls her into something different. Or the woman caught in the act of adultery, a woman who has chosen to sin. He bends down and he writes in the sand and everybody that was accusing her leaves and he says, where did they go? He says, if they don't accuse you, then I don't. Go and leave your life of sin, calls her into something different. Or maybe above all, you have the story of Saul who had become Paul. Saul has these ungodly beliefs, and because of these beliefs, he's persecuting the church and through the church of Jesus Christ himself, and he's on his road to Damascus, Saul is, and Jesus shows up and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He says, we're going to put a stop to that right now, and I'm going to use you to spread the gospel to the rest of the world. (laughs) He calls him into something he wasn't. Now, God has this habit of coming to us, not from our past, 
Not from the places we get stuck, but coming to us from our destiny and pulling us towards those. So there's this moment, Little Pilgrim's Progress, well, Pilgrim's marching ahead with his little pack, and he enters through the narrow gate. There's a wise owl at the narrow gate, and beyond the narrow gate, he looks up the hill, and there's this cross on the top of the hill. So Christian begins to make his way towards the cross, and as he's, he's marching up the hill towards the cross, the bonds on the burden on his back begin to just unravel across his chest until it falls away and stumbles down the hill, the burden behind him. I mean, I see that, and John comes into focus for me. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the sun deals with the burden that you're carrying, it can be gone. It can be gone. But how do I get there? You ever think about that? You see that picture of a little Christian at the cross, and you like it because it's a little bunny rabbit, but you're wondering to yourself, like, how? How can I experience that in my life? Well, what's the biggest barrier to that? Well, Andy Reese here in this book, Freedom Prayer, he says the biggest barrier to that, you know what it is? The biggest barrier to Jesus freeing us from the burdens we carry is what he calls the problem of polite society. What he means by that is what you're experiencing right now, that you come to church and everybody around you looks pretty awesome. And y'all are an awesome, you know, looking group of people. But you come in here and it seems like everybody here has it together. Everybody's good here. Uh, I was just walking in just a few moments ago, and this sweet woman here, just lovely woman, walks up to me. I put my arm around her and say, how's she doing? She starts to tear up because of her, her grandson who's making decisions that she is not proud of. I tell you what, to look at her, you would think she has got it all together. Lovely, happy, joyful woman. And she's carrying something. You know what that's like? You come to church, everybody seems like they've got it all together, but you are carrying stuff inside that you just wish somebody could help you with. Well, I think the biggest burden or barrier to us having our burdens removed is that we carry them alone. Nobody knows about it. Let me show you this. Look at Galatians. Look at this. Look what he instructs the church. You know, God didn't design polite society. God designed the church. And look at these instructions for the church. Brothers and sisters, who's that? You. If someone is caught or stuck in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Look at this. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. One more scene from Little Pilgrim's Progress. Between the hillside under the cross where the burden falls away and that scene in the swamp where he's carrying the burden at the beginning, there's this scene where Christian on this journey towards the cross gets stuck in the swamp and the burden on his back begins to drown him. Now, some of you looking at that picture think it's cute, and some of you think that's me. And that burdens begin to weigh you down, and in the story, this little squirrel named Help, in, in the book, nobody's name is creative, okay? <laughs> it's true of Pilgrim's Progress. The squirrel Help comes and pulls Christian up out of the mud. What help says to Christian is that the Father has sent me to find you and to help you. I know the burden you're carrying. Let me help you. That's what the squirrel says. 
And I know you see that and you think, oh man, I want to do that. I want to be somebody who helps when somebody else is being drowned by the burden that they're carrying. Then you talk to somebody and you're like, whoa, that's a heavy burden. You need a therapist, not me. And for the record, I am all for therapy. I'm a big fan of therapy. But let me tell you, this ministry freedom prayer came about because I called the therapist who I refer to all the time with another referral. And he said to me, Eric, I really appreciate the business. I actually think there's more you can do. I think there's more the church can do. He said, look at this with me in James. Last passage I want to show you this morning. And then I want to challenge you and encourage you as we lead this morning. Look at this. Therefore, the instruction for people who carry burdens, look at this. Therefore, confess your sins to who? Each other. And pray for who? Each other. So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I said this was the last scripture I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you one more. Let me be really clear. Who heals us? Look at Isaiah. It's by his wounds we are healed. Nobody in here is capable of healing you. But what does James tell us? If you confess to somebody here, if you have somebody in your life that you're sharing with, and that somebody prays for you, the Son can heal you. The Son can set you free. Think about that. I think about this story, and Miss Kathy Ivey shared this story a couple weeks ago, but you have this story in Luke 5, where there's a group of guys and their buddy's paralyzed. Their buddy's paralyzed. Now, they know what's wrong with their buddy. And because they know what's wrong with their buddy, they want to get him to the one who can actually help their buddy. And so they put him on a mat and they climb up to this rooftop. Jesus is inside this little house teaching. He's crowded in. So they have to go up to a rooftop and they cut a hole in the roof to lower their friend down to Jesus. And I've always thought like, what do you think the homeowner thought about that? Like, I hope it didn't rain. And they lower him down to Jesus. You know what it says? Jesus saw their faith. And because of the faith he saw and this guy's friends, he healed him. Forgave him of his sins first, and then healed him of his illness, paralysis, second. God did not design polite society. God designed a body of people who carry burdens, but who can be freed from those burdens by the power of Jesus Christ when they share them and are prayed for. We believe that here. And so maybe you have somebody in your life you can share with. I want to encourage you to do that today. Is there somebody here at this church that you can share a burden with that you're carrying who might pray for you? If you don't have that somebody... Let me introduce you quickly to Freedom Prayer Ministry. And I think there's a, a QR code that's going to be on the screen here. If you're somebody who thinks, man, I'm carrying this thing. It is weighing me down. I am drowning in the swamp. I want to be rid of it. And you don't have somebody to share that with. That's who should click on this. Okay, That's who should go to this link and sign up. 
because our elders and staff have been trained in this, an army of just really wonderful volunteers who want to pray over you have been trained in this. And I'll tell you, you know, they're not um, like spiritual gurus or anything like that, okay? It's not a seance or anything like that. These are just people who know the shepherd's voice really well and want to help you listen to your shepherd. And so if that's something that you would like, I want you to sign up today to be part of this. If not, find somebody here that you might confess, be prayed over, and receive the freedom of Jesus Christ. That is possible. Why? If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Let me pray over you. God, we believe in what you have done in Jesus Christ for us. And we believe that through Jesus Christ, your desire is to heal us. God, all of us have wounds, hurts, sins, addictions that we carry with us. Some of that is the devil's work, Lord. But we believe that your son came to destroy the devil's work in our lives. We believe that your son came to set the oppressed free. We believe your son came that by his wounds we may be healed. And so, God, we glory in your son, Jesus Christ. Would you surround some lonely person here this morning with a friend, with a brother or sister that they might share with? Maybe you'll embolden somebody to sign up for freedom prayer, just to be gathered around by three or four that might just draw them a little bit closer to your son, that they might be healed. God, I pray this knowing that you hear us, hear our every single prayer. And I pray this joined in this room and around the world by people who are praying alongside of us, righteous people. We know, God, because of what you have promised us, that their prayers are effective. And so we pray in great confidence and hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.